Okay. Jeez. Oh, we're starting over. <laughs> this is terrible. Should we? I think we should keep going. Okay. Sorry, okay. I swore, everybody. Um, it, takes an, it takes an oddly long... Hi, guys. Welcome to Slow News Days Podcast again. <laughs> this is Beth and Eve. Sorry. We, it, it's actually surprisingly complicated to begin to play our theme song. It, it, I forget every time how to do it. So It's really complicated. It, anyway. This would all be solved if we podcast more regularly, I suppose. That's true. That's yeah. true. We'll try and be better. Okay. Um, we're recording at Beth's house today. It's I know. So it's really exciting. Yeah. Um, so you probably won't hear animal sounds. Yeah. Boy, you're going to miss out. Right, but you might hear boyfriend coming home sounds, so I apologize in advance. But if he comes home, he's bringing us Diet Coke, so right. it's all good. It's, don't worry. Yeah. Okay, so on the docket for today, Eve, we will be discussing 90 Day Fiance. Oh, of course. Um, My strange addiction and a, a TV show idea around that that we have. Obviously, we're going to discuss any Malaysian airplanes that fall out of the sky. Um, We want to talk about cereal. And then finally, um, the next TV shows that we're going to recap. Yeah. On Slow News Day. Let yeah. us begin with Slow News Day's favorite topic, 90 Day Fiance. Well, so first, Beth, I just want to congratulate you for being so far ahead of the game with 90 Day Fiance. Thank you. I feel like, with the exception of our readers, <clears throat> our listeners, um, season one of 90 Day Fiance did not get a lot of love. Like, in sort of the greater world, we just talked to, like, some regular guy he never heard of 90 Day Fiance. You know, like, we were all just sort of like a little club. And now I feel like a lot of sort of randos are jumping in, all like, oh, I, you, didn't even, you don't know about 90 Day Fiance. You didn't watch the first season. You don't get toss, toss, toss. Am I right, you guys? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm... I mean, I'm happy that everyone watches it now. It's more people to talk to, but... Right. I'm very happy that we had so much enthusiasm for 90 Day Fiance this season, I'm not going to live in the past. I'm going to live in the present. I'm just saying that I feel like our readers were ahead of the game. Yeah. Yeah. We're all better people, you guys. Everyone listening right now and me and Eve are better than everyone else. I it's, think we're yeah, all well, I mean, God, that goes without saying, but I guess it's good to sort of say it every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so 90 Day Fiance, season two is now over. We've recapped every episode as well as the uh, follow-up, like... Fallout. Yeah. The super boring, shitty show of, like, let's check in with the cast now, and it's all exactly the same, and no one had anything interesting to say, except for Mohammed and Danielle, who did not want to touch each other. Oh, except for Danielle did want to hide behind Mohammed. Oh, shoulder. yeah, yeah. But um, I'm still seeing a lot of activity on our recaps, because people are really, really, really aggressively following Mohammed and Danielle's updates on Facebook, which they update constantly. And which I just don't understand, because... It's obvious that part, a, a significant portion of the stress in their life and their relationship, I didn't do air quotes because I'm a good person, but I kind of wanted to, is because of the scrutiny they've received. So it just seems like one way, not to like Olivia Pope this situation, but the first thing I tell these fucking people is stop putting stuff, stop going on social media, stop talking to people, take yourself out of the spotlight and people will forget about you. Yes. So why are they doing this? If... You know, is it, are they, are they addicted to, like, the attention? I think Muhammad thinks he's, like, a celebrity. I mean. I think in Muhammad's mind, he is now. Like, he's, br- like, he's like, a Bradley real housewife? Pitt. The Bradley Pitt. He is not Bradley Pitt. I think Muhammad thinks that he is an American celebrity. And he wants that? Because he's yeah. a despised American. Like, he doesn't even have, like, the begrudging fondness that we give a real housewife. Well, you, I don't watch it, but, you know, 
there's nothing fabulous about Muhammad to sort of, you know, enjoy. No drag queen is ever going to dress up like Muhammad. Oh, that'd be great. I actually kind of would now thinking about that. Have you gone on Muhammad's Facebook page and... Which is a fan page. He no longer maintains a personal page. Only, only, like, when you send me stuff. I don't go regularly. Muhammad is... I mean, like, for example, the picture of him on the Givenchy Vespa or wait, motorcycle. Wait. No, it was like a motorcycle. Yeah. I don't know the difference. Moped. Scooter. It was a motorcycle. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry, you guys. Let me just get rid of all that right now. What's that? That, oh, that's, oh, God, I'm so sorry. That is so rude. <laughs> and that one won't go away. Oh, my God, I'm reading Eve's I Am's. It's all media insider Yeah, stuff. it's not interesting. Sorry about that, you guys. I thought I, I thought I had turned that off. Oh, man, I am such a mess today. I'm ruining everything. Anyway, what are we talking about? Sorry. Do you want me to continue? Please, continue. I'm so sorry. Okay, I think that Muhammad is starting to appreciate little tidbits of the good life here in America. The white sunglasses. Maybe he got a second leather jacket. He's clearly, like... <laughs> they don't have a sunglass hut in Tunisia? <laughs> I mean, I think it's got a limited options in terms of, you know, their retail offerings. So I think that, like, Muhammad is starting to kind of, like, get a taste of this fame mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Certainly by his estimation, he's an international superstar. Sure. Um, and if you read the comments on his Facebook page, like women, legit women. And of course, you know me, I'll click on their Facebook pages and like go study them and their mm-hmm. lives and everything like real women with real lives and like friends and things are very pro Muhammad. Oh, Muhammad, hang in there. We're all behind you. Oh God. Well, I mean, a woman married Charles Manson. So we know that women will be supportive of lots of random Do men do this? I feel like, okay, I feel like there were, like, famous British trials of women who, you know, killed their, like, serial killers of their children, or, you know, whatever, where these women would get a lot of masculine attention, like in the 20s and 30s. But that's, like, the only sort of cognate I can think of is, that's, and that's sort of rarefied error. But I don't feel like now, I don't feel like people were, like... I don't know, that's sort of unfair, isn't it? Yeah, it is unfair. Like, are women criminals? Like, I mean, you know, here's Susan Smith, Eileen Warnos. I'm trying to think of, like, famous women criminals because who Because it's get not a lot even, like, I mean, it's not a looks game with the guys. I mean, Muhammad's, like, whatever. No, I think Muhammad's attractive. I found him more attractive before I got to know him, but... As is the case with many, many people. It's so true. <laughs> um, but I do think that Muhammad kind of fancies himself a celebrity, and I think that that is based upon... His lack of understanding of how quickly celebrity comes and goes mm-hmm. in America, reality TV. Because, like, where's cast one? Season one. No one cares about them anymore. Well, maybe that's because they were all, like, regular uh, yeah. people who were, like, okay, and they didn't want to be celebrities, like, in that sense. Well, according to Danielle, Mohammed never wanted to be a celebrity in the first place. Also, Danielle, as we brought up earlier, um, Eve and I went and got our nails done, and we were discussing, naturally, Danielle and Mohammed. <laughs> and, um... Danielle keeps saying, like, her daughters need Muhammad. Her daughters have grown attached to Muhammad. I think that is complete bullshit. Take a look. Faith is fine on her own. Yeah. Faith for president. Oh, no. Faith is fantastic. I mean, I don't know. She rocks the tie. I respect that. She does rock the tie. And the hair in in Norwalk, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Faith is... is, her own woman. Yeah. I really like her. I love Faith. And but the thing is too, I think that it's been made very clear that the daughters want what's best for their mom. 
and they want her to be happy. And I think for a time they thought, okay, being involved with Muhammad will make her happy. Right. But it, nothing's going to make this woman, this woman has to fix herself. Nothing, a guy, a relationship, none of that's going to make her happy. What is going to happen to Danielle and Muhammad? Well, it's not going to work out. Is Muhammad going to go back to Tunisia? I think it's possible that Muhammad has attracted the wrong kind of attention, and I could see that happening. You mean legally? Like the feds are going to send Muhammad home? I'm just saying that, you know, so if he was here on a fiancé visa and now they're married, like, I don't know when... I, I am not Dr. That doctor was it? Paul... Dolce? I'm not Paul Dolce Esquire. I am not an expert on immigration law, but my understanding is that, you know, if your marriage is perceived as illegitimate or was entered into in bad faith, that that can be grounds for deportation. And looking at this show and, um, you know, some of the things that Muhammad has said subsequently, this marriage seems a lot less legit than other marriages where people have gotten deported. I think... One of the possibilities, though, is Muhammad falling in, and I am doing quote fingers, love with some internet broad somewhere else, and... The heart wants what the heart wants, et cetera, et cetera. Right, and he, yeah. he's going to... I My prediction is Muhammad and Danielle will be no more within the space of a few months. Muhammad stays in America and ends up with one or two or three hopping around with various American and or Canadian women. Mm-hmm. And that is just Muhammad's life. And for a time, particularly right now, Muhammad really fancies himself the shit. The That Muhammad needs to watch out, though, because I think that, you know, looks only last so long, and I don't know what else he has to offer someone. And, you know, just... You know, it's like, you know, it's just things are going to start falling apart as they have or will on all of us. So I don't know. I just, this, this is no way to live life. He, you know, Muhammad, I don't think has it in him to be a long-term gigolo. And I say this as someone who's watched those gigolo shows on TV. Those guys have to make a real commitment to diet, exercise, and being charming. And I haven't seen Muhammad make any of those commitments. If he really wants to be a gigolo, which is sort of what you're suggesting... Well, I don't think he's, like, an intentional professional gigolo. I just think that he's going... He is good at manipulating sad, kind of desperate women. This is gigolo. This is the definition of gigolo. Have you seen the Royal Budapest Hotel? He's Ray Fiennes, except without the charm of the, of the cologne. Oh, my God. I just referenced a Wes Anderson movie. You can yeah, just turn that's this a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, <clears throat> okay, well... Yeah, I mean, I guess I can see what you're saying, but I don't think that Muhammad fancies himself a gigolo, but that's what I think he's going to end up doing. Yeah. And you know what I would love for Muhammad to do? Call in or leave us a comment or send us an email because yeah. I have a lot of questions for Muhammad. Sure, sure. I mean, if he, if, he, if he wants celebrity, obviously the best place, the best platform for him is Slowness Day. I mean, there's no question. I know. Well, look what happened when Cassia reached out to us and then she immediately defriended me and blocked me. Okay, I would like to talk about... I would not... I would not... Okay, so... I think that probably what happened is Cassia reached out to you, and as we know, because we've been told, the people from the show read the site. I know that sounds like all wanky, but really, somebody from the show emailed us and said they did. Um, so we know it's true. But I feel like probably there was a contract or something where they said, no, Cassia, you can't do that stuff. You can't, you know, we own you for this period of right. time, and, you know, you shouldn't be talking to other people. But as one of our commenters pointed out, they have their own website. We'll link to it in the show notes. 
where they're sort of giving their side of things. And they're selling t-shirts and... And I don't even understand what that unhitched bitch shirt means because they were wearing it before they were married. Because his last name is Hitch. His name is Jason Hitch. Oh. Okay. Also, can we find his eBay store? Commenters. Have oh, yeah, comments? yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I, can't, I don't read all the comments, which I shouldn't. But I don't read all the comments, but as far as I know, none of no you one have n- linked to Jason and his dad's eBay store. So what's that, that about? That is a really good point. I say this as someone who sells things on eBay. I would watch every single item of his and make up stories about it in my head if I knew what his... I mean, because they obviously this is their business. They have their own eBay store. They're not just like some rando. So can when you guys find that for us or how would we figure that out? We'll look into it ourselves, but if someone yeah. knows Jason's eBay store, hook it up because we want to check it out. Oh my God, we should buy something. Totally. Are for you kidding? dollars I would buy anything. I mean, I'm sure they have like a vintage. I'm looking for another vintage phone. Oh, I bought this great vintage phone from her. I'll show you show you later. I got this great vintage phone. But anyway, I, it seems like they have like a rotary phone or something, which is what I've been looking for. So I would happily pay $8. I would like our bid to be something that interrupts their dinner at the old people's diner. <laughs> yes. I'm like Jason pulls out his phone and it's us. It's yeah. our bid. Yeah. That's what I want. No, because that's what I was thinking about. Because I'm like selling three things on eBay right now. And there was this buzz when I was at dinner with Tim, and I thought, oh my god, we're just like Jason and Cassia. Tim, Tim needs to get ombre hair. Did you notice that that was one of the things on the, on, like, the most recent blog post on their site was, like, and with my hair, get ready for a surprise in December. I'm just like, I mean, it's true. that Her hair looked great. Her hair, she looked fabulous. But. Fabulous. I would also like to say, so, okay, so they have this website where they sort of give their side of things. Did you also notice that in the reunion show, Jason asked two questions, both of which were slightly better than the questions asked by the host who was not us. Right. Um, Do you love Danielle? He asked Muhammad, do you love Danielle? Which is like, whoa! Yeah! And he asked, like, one other question, too. I don't remember what it was, but I thought, that's a great question. I'm glad that he asked that. And I thought to myself, are they... Jason's clearly not stupid. You know, compared to especially other people on that show. Um, Jason's not stupid, and I thought, like, is he... Are they building something to parlay this into something? You know, to parlay oh, sure. into something else. Well, if what he's doing right now is selling eight dollar magazines, then I hope that he is trying to parlay. That's this the into dream. Something that's else. my dream. I'll, that's all I want to do is sell stuff on eBay. Not, right. Not if really. I was on a show like that, I would definitely be like working it. I want to go back to regular work. No, <laughs> regular work. No, no, we, we don't have. have we don't, we don't have. have a regular job. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. we worry about work all the time. Oh, and, constantly. Like, yeah. So. I would like to be able to be like, oh, no, I was on this reality show. What new opportunities yeah. can you afford me, I feel DLC? like Cassia could do, like, hair stuff on QVC. Yeah, like, I'm not only the president I used to be. I am mm-hmm. a client. Like, look yeah. at what my shitty hair used to look like. Yeah. Okay, while we're talking about 90 Day Fiance, we also wanted to thank you guys, those of you who sent us um, really wonderful, adorable emails. Oh, my God. So many people sent us so many nice emails, and Beth and I are used to getting mean emails. We get mean emails a lot. We get a lot of mean emails. And so, you guys, I mean, it's just, I'm not, because I, I was, like, thinking when I was thinking about the podcast this morning, like, oh, we should read these emails. But the thing is, I hate it on podcasts when they read their fan mail, not because it's bad or anything, but because it just seems really masturbatory. But I want you to know that, like, all of the emails were so nice. And there were a lot of them because we we're so awesome. But, I mean, that was just so nice of everyone who took the time to write in. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. We don't get mean emails really about Slow News Day. We get them about our real jobs. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, Slow News Day readers are generally awesome. Mm-hmm. But some people sent us, like, particularly wonderful emails that when I was having a bad day, I went and reread. Oh, yeah, so me nice. too. Me too. Yeah. So, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to speaking of TV. 
Eve sent me, when did you send it last night? It was it last night? Yeah, I was falling asleep. The last, one of the last things I did before I fell asleep was I sent Beth a YouTube clip from My Strange Addiction. My Strange Addiction is self-explanatory. It is a TV show in which two people um, are separately followed by cameras and producers or whatever, and each of them have a strange addiction. Like, there's the lady that eats eyeshadow. There was a lady that eats eyeshadow. There's a lot of eating of weird things. There was, like, that woman... So, I think the first, maybe, two seasons are on Netflix. And I watched the first season, like, all in one sort of binge. And I remember that there was one lady who liked to pull the stuffing out of her couch and eat it. And she'd eaten, like, half a couch. And not, like, a love seat. Like, a couch couch. It wasn't a sectional, either. Like, a for real, like, you could get three people on it, you know, if you're having a party couch. And she'd really eaten, like, half of it. Like, it was just, like, the, you know, just the fabric sagging over springs. She was very comprehensive, too. Like, she picked every piece of, like, fuzz out of it. And, but, yeah, it seems like it's a lot of people with pica. It's a lot of people who, you know. Wait, you have to explain what pica is. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Maybe it's pica. I don't know. Like, I haven't heard it said a lot. And there's also a font of the same name. But it's a disorder that most frequently, I think, afflicts pregnant women in which... Uh, and it's almost always women where you feel compelled to eat dirt rocks, stuff like that. And I think for a while it was sort of thought that, oh, it's indicative of a vitamin deficiency, but that has since been debunked. So it's just sort of, you know, whatever happens to women. So no one cares. Okay. So I'm on the, my strange addiction site and cousin Kate is the one that got me started on this site because we both discovered, um, these types of shows. Like when you're going through a tough time, if you watch an episode of Hoarders, Things start looking up for you. Oh, really? Because, like, Tim does that. Like, when he, like, if he wants to, like, make himself clean the house, he'll put on an episode of Hoarders. Right. Yeah. So, My Strange Addiction um, makes me feel better about myself. Okay. Um, okay, so, the first episode ever was, there's always usually, like, one kind of boring addiction, mm-hmm. because comparatively, the other addiction It's is, like, I'm addicted to club soda or something. Right. Like, shut the up. The other one is crazy. Yeah. So, episode one, which is from 2010... There's a lady that likes to sleep with her blow dryer on. Okay, this one just made white me, noise. No, it made me so anxious because she'd have it under the covers, and you know, like you, I mean, everyone's used a blow dryer at some point, right? You know how like there's the thing that's sucking the air in. You kept seeing like the the sheet get sucked into it and all that. Oh, it made me that I hated that one. Oh, okay, but comparatively, <coughs> she was Excuse also me. on with um, the other person in that episode ate toilet paper. See, Love now that, that seems, that seems like so lowball now. Thumbsucker eats cleanser. Yeah. The thumbsucker, I mean, and I'm saying, not saying lowball, like I don't think, like if you guys did this, I'd think it was weird. Eats detergent, oh. hair puller, eats couch cushion. The couch cushion one is amazing. Picking my scabs. Married to a doll. Okay, married to a doll. I think that's where I was like, all right, I'm done with this. I can't cope with married to a doll. I think Tim kept watching it. I moment. love rocks. Eats glass. See what I mean? It's a lot of pica. Laxatives. Laxatives. Oh God. Extreme fingernails. Eats drywall. Wait, extreme fingernails. So- Shower drain hair collector. We were okay. That's disgusting. We were talking about the fingernails at the nail salon. Of course, because we're, we were talking about the freaking nail episode at the nail salon, and Beth said, it's, so this woman has super long nails. That's like, she treats these nails like they're her children. And That's what she said. Just, what? That, to me, is so interesting. Dating my car, baby powder addiction. The show is fucking amazing. Um, and it's been on for a really Dating long my time. car, because I can't get him to commit. <laughs> <laughs> 
show's like so, so, so good. So last night Eve sends me this clip and it's like this two minute clip of a man who, I'm not laughing, this is serious, um, who turns his body and face into a living doll. One yeah. of many kind of living doll characters that he has. We should link to this link as well. Oh, yeah. I, well, I'll link to it. So, because I, you know, I get a lot of press releases and blah, 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 and all that. And um, so, you know, the, the PR person from TLC sends it. And it's just like, you know, oh, you won't believe this. And I thought, oh, I will believe it. I'll believe anything, TLC. You've done such ridiculous stuff. And I clicked on it and I started watching it. And I was like, you know what? You were right. This time you were right. I won't believe it. And I sent it to Beth. That, that's what I get for checking my email right before I fall asleep. I didn't believe it. And then in the background, you can hear what we believe to be the producer of the show. I hope it wasn't, though. I hope it was just a home video because it would be so wrong. So this guy, this, like, 70-year-old man, <coughs> he kept saying how old he was all the time, like, puts on his whole... It, you got to see this. Yeah, I'll bet it. He puts on his whole, like, So it's like doll. a latex, like, bodysuit. Like, imagine, like, like super tight latex pants... Super tight latex, some sort of shirt shrug thing, and it's all like sort of that band aid color of latex. And then he's in his huge bathroom with tons of counter space. Okay, this bathroom is amazing. It's got the bathtub by the window, which I've always wanted. It's the tile is not great, but still, it's like, it's like a up Spanish here. tile. And there's this huge this counter space in the bathroom. It's ridiculous. Oh my god, I've never except like maybe a hotel in Vegas. Because I go to nice hotels, not the Jason Acacia hotels. You know, had that kind of counter space in my life. So this guy gets all ready and he's in his whole living doll outfit, which does require a lot of bathroom counter space. And then a voice off camera, who we think might be the producer, goes, you look amazing. It's a young man. It's a young man with a certain she, of voice. She looks amazing. Yeah. She looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And then the guy in his lady outfit goes... And she's all mine. And this is is behind, like, a doll mask as well. So there's that weird sort of behind, it's a rigid mask. It's not like, you know, a point break Reagan mask. So imagine the voice. Well, you don't have to imagine it. You're going to watch the video. It's going to be below the sink. But that it was behind the mask, that echo behind the mask voice is so scary. It's Echo so scary. Echo Behind the Mask. That's a good name for something. Oh, that'll be the name of our true crime novel about... Echo Behind the Mask. About this guy who, like, dresses up as a female doll and then goes and commits crimes. And so while Eve and I are getting our nails done... Again, I think this is how we should do all of our podcasts. <laughs> Get our nails done first and do a podcast? Because then we end up, like... So we were talking about My Strange Addiction, and then I was saying, like, that this show would be good to do with people who have really strange phobias and making them confront their phobias. And I brought up the very famous episode of Maury Povich in which the lady is afraid of pickles, which, of course, Eve right away said, yes, of course, the pickle episode. Yeah, yeah. But you said for a moment that sometimes these people fake their phobias. I sometimes think that people over-dramatize their phobias for whatever reason because it becomes their thing. I'm acquainted with someone who is afraid of spiders. And I think that being afraid of spiders is a legitimate fear. Spiders are creepy. Some spiders can bite you. No one wants a bug walking on them. I get that. But they are so over the top about it. Like, if you go into Albertson's during Halloween and they have, like, the goofy spider, he will dramatically run out. And this is otherwise a normal function, as opposed to the pickle lady who, you know, as we discussed probably has other things going on. This is a normal functioning person, and I think that being afraid of spiders has become part of his sort of mythology for himself. And so it's a thing, ah, I can't look at it, oh my god, it's Albertson Spider. These are some pipe cleaners. Okay. 
I see what you're saying, but as I screamed at you across the nail salon, the pickle lady is truly afraid of pickles. Did you notice that the woman across from us, who was the person we were talking to when we were picking out our colors, was listening the whole time we were talking to? Because I kept thinking, like, are we naming any names or talking about anything? I don't care. She had green nail polish, so. No, she, she seemed very nice. Green nail polish. It was Need a, it I was say a, more? It was a hunter green. It wasn't like a public restroom green. Okay. It was green nail polish. In January. She said it looks good on her toes. That's what she told me. Right. Sure it does. Yeah, that's what everyone wants. Green toenails. <laughs> okay, so I... Anyway, so this phobia is show. I think, I think that there should be a show there. where people are challenged to... And you get super weird phobias. Like, I mean, Okay, so do we, do we have a shrink? Like, I'm assuming that there's like a... So there's a host, and then there's a shrink sort of mediator person. Like a Dr. Drew. Or something. But, but not a not a criminal. Dr. Drew's not a criminal. Okay, not, I don't know. I, I find that some of the things Dr. Drew does to be borderline criminal, but I suppose saying that, don't sue us. Dr. Drew, I love you. Okay, fine. Dr. Drew seems to like to exercise, so he gets points in my He has this tight, he has the Anderson Cooper t-shirt issue. I, okay, I'm not gonna go off about Dr. Drew. No one wants to hear me complain I love about Dr. Dr. Drew, I love Dr. Phil, I love them all. The only one I don't love is Dr. Oz. You know, something that Brock and I were talking about the other day is... Do we... Who is Dr. Laura now? Is there a Dr. Laura She's not a thing anymore. But no, that's what I'm saying is who is... But who is that? Who's the radio or whatever shrink now? Is there somebody? Fraser Crane. Who do you listen to on your drive time? Who do you call about, like, your marriage to listen to in the car? You. No, no, no. To listen to in the car. I have my own therapist. I don't listen in the car. I don't listen to talk radio in the car. Oh, I don't either because I don't go anywhere ever. Right. But I assume the rest of the world still does. Well, let us know who you listen to. Who's yeah, the new who's Dr. the new Laura? Dr. Laura? Who's the lady that Tom Hanks' son called into and sleepless in Seattle? Isn't that Meg Ryan? No, the lady that she had her, like, psychological... Oh, doctor. right, right, right. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, we want to see the show about phobias. Also, we would like to know the weirdest phobias that you've ever heard of. And I'm talking weird, like pickles. Yeah. Okay. Things that don't cause actual throats. I just, it's like, it's so interesting to me, the pickle lady. Well, I mean, God, it, I mean, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, but come on, it's a pickle. Come on, lady. What? It's a pickle. The, I mean, it's a fear of the phallus, Beth. Oh, come on! I don't think so. <laughs> you, think, you think it's a penis thing? It's totally a penis thing. That's all pickles are, is a penis thing. Oh, my God. It's a sour penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, moving on to Air Asia. <laughs> Awesome segue. Speaking of something else that's longer than it is wide. Air Asia flight MQ eighty five ten. I don't wow. know something like that. So right before we started recording this podcast, um, we watched this video posted to BBC. We'll link to it in the show notes. God, I got to remember to link to all the shit. Um, it, we just watched this video on BBC. It's completely chilling. Of it is uh, so chilling. Is it the Indonesian military? And they're swimming around, and it doesn't have any commentary or anything, so it's just like the, and I don't know if you'll hear, like the, the scuba dive, <clears throat> you know, it sounds it's like the Darth Vader voice. And they're there looking at the tail, at the bottom of the ocean, because they couldn't pull it up, because I guess, like, it's just like, the tides are too crazy right now, or something. It's you can see this torn up airplane at the bottom of the ocean. It's completely terrifying. I was sure we were going to see a body. Me too. But you can't. You do, Don't worry, you watch the BBC video, you can't see a body. But it is very scary because you are looking at this torn up airplane that is still at the bottom of the ocean. I got scared and I pulled, I'm wearing a hoodie, I pulled the hood over my eyes and best started laughing. 
Right, but we were both kind of like, holy shit, oh my yeah, god, I can't yeah. believe we get to see this. It's it felt crazy. really weird. It felt weird. It, I mean, like, it, I hate to say that, oh, it felt like a movie because these are people's lives, yes, but yes. It, was, it felt very bizarre. You should definitely see it. And also, um, we have agreed that we would not fly and discount Malaysian airline ever. Well, this is the thing. So, when I went to see what was the latest on it, because I knew we were going to talk about it, so I just Google AirAsia. And so it's like, whatever, you know, that little thing at the top of Google that sort of gives you, like, the three most recent news stories. And then the next thing is AirAsia, cheap flights. Like, you know, that's... Singapore, Hong Kong, Malaysia. You know what? Here's the thing, though. Change that stuff on your website when something like this happens. Well, for how long? Well, how about once they, they get a part of your fucking black box up? You know, at least until then. I'm just saying, don't play up your cheap flights right now. That's just... I don't know, like... I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm Olivia Poping everyone today, but I'm just saying, no. Not what right is now. Olivia Pope? The woman on Scandal. Oh, I don't watch that. I don't either. Okay. But, pe- but, but I thought that this would be a reference that our listeners would understand. Okay, well, I'm glad you and your... Beth listeners. is too good for Scandal. Did you hear that? You should only like me now. <laughs> right, I'm too good for Scandal. Because <laughs> I'm way, all about my just watched a show about eating a couch. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's really good. It's better than Scandal. It probably, it is, it is. I watched half the first season and I couldn't take it either, so. Do you think that this is just an unfortunate coincidence that these Malaysian-based airplanes, it's three in a year, have tragically either disappeared or crashed? Or well, is there something inherently know. wrong with Malaysian air travel? Well, I don't know a goddamn thing about, you know aeronautics or anything, but my understanding is that these are all airplanes that come from, these aren't, off, you know, these aren't like Kias, you right. know, these are all airplanes that are made by the same companies that make the airplanes that you or I would fly in if we were just going down to LA right now. Right. Not to freak you out, but you know, so these aren't made by, you know, <clears throat> these aren't like off-brand airplanes or something. No, they're real airplanes that like airlines that we fly would use, but it's like, do they not check in Malaysia? Oh, that's what we're going to talk about on the other tour next thing. Okay. Um, the bye bye. The question to me isn't why did they keep falling apart as much as why are they so difficult to find? And I know that if I if I googled why is it so hard to find uh, an airplane, I would get a million results right now just because of the previous time. But it's just so weird. Like in my forty three years on this earth, I don't ever recall having so many. Where the hell did the airplane goes before in my life? It just seems like always other times when an airplane's just sort of randomly crashed and it's been crazy, which certainly has happened, um, they've known where the hell it is. Well, yeah, it's like, I know where my iPhone is at all times. Why can't we know where an airplane is at all times? If, like, there is a human on an airplane, particularly a commercial airplane, we should know where it is 100% of the time. Well, yeah, just find your iPhone work if the phone's turned off because it's wet. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry, that's Skype. But it'll go in a second. Everything's terrible. Um... I don't know if it'll still work. I have no idea. I've never yeah. used to find my phone. But it just seems like that's something that we have the technology probably well, to do to track all I the I mean, airplanes. don't people... I'm not saying this in some crazy way now, but, like... I mean, I don't know. There's, like, a... I don't know. I'm just saying that... Yeah, there's something in my dog, so I know where he is. Exactly. And my, and my dog rarely leaves the house. Exactly. Okay, now, speaking of airplanes, this is an appropriate segue. Did you guys hear about that flight from... San Francisco, where we are, to Hong Kong, and someone wrote in dirt on the back of the airplane, bye-bye, with a smiley face, and then a slightly sinister-looking face, or... A frowny face. It was a frowny face. 
I think it was just a poorly drawn smiley face. So Beth and I were debating this once again at the manicure place. And um, so the flight was go- was from SFO, San Francisco Airport, where we, where we live, to Hong Kong. And um, initially when this... And the thing is, though, this drawing was in a spot on the plane that... Well, obviously, it's not like people could just walk up to planes anyway, but it's a spot that only maintenance workers could have gotten to. And... And it was sort of, like, you know, drawn in the dirt. Like, you know, how people, like, wash me or something yeah. on the back of a truck or something like that. And so it said, bye-bye, frowny face, smiley face. And um, so the captain was initially freaked out, as was the rest of the cabin crew. But after, you know, they did a couple of things and they checked and it didn't seem like there's anything wrong with the airplane. He's like, ah, I guess everything's okay. But by then the captain had, it appears from the court documents scared the other members of the cabin crew, with the exception of the two pursers, so much that they refused to fly. What's the difference between a purser and a... I don't know. I meant to look that up before we had this conversation, and I forgot. On, I know what it is on a boat, but I don't know what it is on a plane. Okay. But anyway... I think of a purser as, like, someone who carries your bags. But so, I guess the point is that, according to, like, aeronautic, like, FAA regulations and all this, like, it doesn't matter if a purser says no or says yes, but it does matter if cabin crew does. And, like refusing to, like, follow the captain's orders if your cabin crew is, like, a super big deal, according to FAA regulations. Like mutiny. So the thing is that they ended up having to um, take everyone off the flight and said, oh, you know, we can't go because we get, we have staffing issues. And um, so they had to put everyone else on their flight and um, go to Hong Kong that way. But, and, and so now these 13 people who were since fired are suing, claiming that this is a federal whistle- whistleblowing issue. Um, and so they filed the papers... I guess yesterday, and that's why we're talking about it today. Okay. I would like to point out that I am terrified to fly, mm-hmm. and I would have been... I'm terrified to fly. I'm a perfectly normal airplane. I'm terrified to fly from here to San Jose. I would have not been wild about the little dust graffiti on the back of the airplane, but it would not have prohibited my flying on that airplane. And that is a big trip to book. It is. Here to Hong Kong, it's a long flight. If you're, I have made that flight before and used so many miles to upgrade because you don't want to do a coach. If I had gotten bumped or moved to the next day or whatever, I would be so pissed. Well, and how many people to, because um, Hong Kong's also like just a major connection. It's like sort of like right. the Dallas of Asia right. in a certain sense. So a lot of people, like Hong Kong might not have been their final destination. Right. Which makes it even more of a hassle. Ugh. That said... I, my feeling is the first time they say we're delayed because of, a, you know, of a whatever, security issue or something like that, I would be off that plane. I do not, I don't know. There's something about, like, that any time it's like, you know what, let's just take a chance because otherwise it's inconvenient. That, to me, I just feel like you're asking for it. And I also... But what are the odds that someone working, and nothing was wrong with the plane, ultimately... There was nothing wrong with What are the odds that a lot of the freaky shit that has happened would happen? I mean, not to like go September 11th, but I can't. What are the odds of that? Very, very, very slim. Certainly happening again. Very, very, very slim. Well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yes. And I don't think that this was like a September 11th issue because obviously those people were more professional than to draw a fucking frowny face. They, you know, were at least a little bit covert. But it's just like when someone phones in a bomb threat. When you phone in a bomb threat, I always think that's bullshit. Because if you want to blow someone up, you just, you just blow them it. up. You don't phone in a bomb threat. But still, you've got to go check. You don't say, oh, it's inconvenient to empty out the school. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's fair. There's a test. I mean, that's fair. I'm glad that there was nothing wrong with the plane, and I'm glad that no one was hurt in this aircraft incident. I'm just saying, personally, as a passenger, I would have been too... Once I've made it onto that airplane, and I'm all packed, and I'm going to Hong Kong... Oh, yeah. Let's just go, you guys. We're, we're, it's fine. Say a prayer. We're, we'll be fine. We have a 99.9% chance of making you it. You say this thing. after you watch that video of them with the tail of the plane. I know, but that, it's just, you have to play the odds. It's so much more dangerous for us to get in the car. I am still yeah. terrified to fly, but I also... You know what? And it is true. If someone wrote in dust on my car, bye-bye, I would be like, whatever, asshole. But then right. again, you know, and it's easier for someone to get to my car to screw it up. To, like, do whatever. Right. I don't know what you do. Cut the brakes. I'm more just feeling for the people that, like, booked this really long flight. Like, that is a mm-hmm. big... If it were a flight to L.A., I'd be like, okay, fine, let's don't knock Don't we out. have, like, a zillion flights to Hong Kong out of SFO every day, though? I'm just... It's so hard to get upgraded. Oh, it's true. It's very hard to get upgraded. I've done it in... I've made that flight twice. I did it once in coach and once using every single mile I've ever had in my life to mm-hmm. upgrade. It's way better to upgrade. And it's like that flight had to take off. So you've upgraded to business or to first? Business. There's no sense in upgrading to first business and first. The difference between business and first is, like, negligible. The difference between coach and business is so fucking dramatic. I wouldn't know. You know, you've never flown... You've upgraded. No. (gasps) I am too stingy! Use the miles! Use miles! I just use miles to get the freaking ticket. I don't have anything left over. Um... So I never go anywhere. I mean, like, I'm not going to upgrade to fly to Indiana. Right, you should. You should never upgrade domestically. Yeah. It's a waste. But internationally, my family likes to travel together. So I'm not saying that I'm paying for the gigantic tickets, but <laughs> I am great. using my money, or I'm using my miles um, to upgrade because it's way better. Sure. But oftentimes, even as adults, if my parents take us on a trip with them, We'll fly home alone style, so my parents upgrade, and my brother and I are back in coach. <laughs> That's horrible. It is horrible. Wait, so will they, like, go to, like, the lounge and leave you guys, like, waiting? No, we can go in the lounge. We... Oh, they give you, like, a guest pass? No, 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 no. The Spotswood family has a way of doing this. My dad won't do it with us because he's afraid of getting caught, but if you walk into the red carpet room or whatever, the United First Class Lounge with confidence, and one person has the ticket... Come on, you don't watch New Girl? They tried that in the holiday season finale, and it did not work. It works at SFO. Okay. It works with Joanne Spotswood. Okay. You just, like... Oh, I have, like, a charge card that gives me, like, all of these, like, lounge passes that are just piling up on my desk because I never go anywhere. Okay, well, yeah, you can just, like, walk in there with confidence. So we all hang out in there, and then they get to board first. Mm -hmm. They bring us back better snacks. Okay. Um, yeah, I've flown, I did like a 14 hour flight with my parents and I blogged this with my parents in oh, first that's class right. I remember that. to yeah. Shanghai and my brother and I were in coach and this is when I was still drinking. So thank God, at least I had that. <laughs> and there was a flight attendant who told me where to get all of the knockoff designer items. How can China. your brother fit in coach? Your brother is so tall. My brother's six, five. Yeah. Hey, he wanted a free trip to China. Okay. He's going to make sure. it work. I mean, people sure. go on wheel wells. I know, that's true. But, um, what you can do now is you can get, like, if you know my dad has this whole, he has an app, which is, like, Seat Finder, and so you can figure out the best seats on, like, every single airplane and, like, how to finagle. So your dad has no hobbies now, basically. My dad's hobbies are model railroading mm-hmm. and screwing over the mileage plus system. 
to find every single loophole that he possibly can in travel. God, so well, can... I need his help because I'm having some United issues. Oh, my da- seriously? Oh, okay. My I'll dad get, is the I'll guy. That. He's really that. good at it. No, because it's like everything is like blacked out in this big... Th- okay, anyway, I'm going to talk to John. Yeah. Okay. He's good. And it's like, it's all about finding like the right seed and like he, he will hook you up. He's okay, good. Cool. He has all the info. Oh my God. This is an insane tangent. But anyway, the point is that Beth and I disagree on this. We do. I, and I also am based on the information that we have at hand right now, which is basically the court documents and AP's rewrite thereof. I get where the flight crew might be coming from. That this is, this is their workplace. It's a work, workplace safety issue. Yeah, if I were on the flight crew, I would certainly feel differently because I don't care whether or not I'm going to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking more, you were thinking of the employee needing to feel safe in their workspace. Yep. I am thinking... Because I care. Well, I'm sure you do. I care about, like, the girl who saved up to go to Hong Kong. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good I'm just, point. I'm feeling for her, like, this is a big trip. I'm not thinking of the business person who just jaunts back and forth across the Pacific. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the person like me who would, you know... This is a once or twice in a lifetime opportunity to and go. And if they there. lose a day, then right, yeah. it's like a really big deal. Like this is their trip of a lifetime. Sure, Hong Kong is awesome. Okay, okay, Star Ferry. Um, okay, speak. But we might not agree on that, Eve. But, but... we do agree <laughs> that Adnan did it on cereal. We do, even though it makes me sad. I know. I really want Adnan to be innocent. He's I want everyone convincing. to be innocent. I want everyone to be innocent. I don't want. I don't... Okay. I mean, I would like there to be peace on Earth. Well, yeah, I'm just saying that, you know, when you get to know anyone who has committed a crime or is alleged to commit a crime, if you, when you get to know anybody, you know, you hope that somehow, when they tell you that they are innocent, you hope that that is true. But somebody had to do it. Someone, I mean, yeah, I don't know lots of people with, who committed murder. I don't know anyone that's committed murder. I don't know very many people with criminal records. Well, you're really missing out. I guess so. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, I do. Yeah. Um, okay, but I think that there was, I don't know if, for the people who are following Serial, once Serial ended, um, and it, you know, of course, ended very like, mm, we don't know, uh, Jay, who would not really communicate with the NPR people from Serial, gave an interview to some website, I don't I know. Think it was to, I think it was to The Intercept. Um, I could right, be wrong. I'll, I'll correct myself in there. Well, it's the website that was started by Glenn Greenwald, the guy who did the, you know, who released all of the Snowden stuff. So, anyway. Okay, that. it was on a website that only people like Eve know about. Okay. That's that's one way to put it. Well, I, you're a media person. You're like, I... That's true. That's true. It definitely... You know what? Okay, that is, that is very accurate. It is definitely one of those sites... Probably in a certain sense, you know, that media people talk about a lot more than regular people, and that's right. to his detriment. But anyway, so Jay did interview with them. And Jay was just as convincing as Adnan was. I tend to believe Jay more, but I don't think that Jay's telling the whole truth. Okay, well, there was one thing that I thought of when we were talking about it, once again, today at the nail salon, about, <sighs> about, about Jay. Um, and it's this. So Jay's the one the cops talk to first. And, you know, when Jay said, okay, it was on and on and all that, if Jay had done it, I just feel like it would have been so much easier for the cops to get Jay for the crime, as opposed to like, ah, okay, well, Jay said this, we'll go after this guy. I said, they already have Jay there. He's already in the room. It would have been so much easier to get him on it 
and to find a way to make it work on Jay as opposed to getting this other guy. And as we know from Listen to Serial, Jay, yeah. you know, and, and, and Jay talks about it in this interview, too, that, you know, in Serial, Jay's sort of like, hey, he's a guy you could buy weed from every once in a while. And in this interview, which we'll link to in the show notes, Jay's like, no, it was a lot more than that. I was running a real operation out of my grandma's house. And he didn't want his grandma to get in trouble. And there was... and that's why there was some of the lo- locational stuff uh, seemed off. And there were these sort of inconsistencies that Sarah noted because he didn't want his grandma involved because that's where Jay was living. And Jay claimed that he was selling not just a little weed here or there. But, like, narcotics. Yeah. I mean, and if we believe him, which, you know, there are reasons to and not to, that that is a compelling argument to me. I mean, I, when, just think about any of the dumb little lies you've told and how it's rarely because you're hiding a massive crime. It's almost always because you're trying not to inconvenience yourself or you don't want someone to bitch at you or whatever. Right. Right. One time Tim knocked over a glass of water, it's my husband, on the table and my phone was there. And I said I did it again on my phone and he said no. And then later that night I took my phone out of the case for some reason and it's completely wet. I was super mad. Like for like two days I was super mad. Like, you know, but like those are like the lies that we tell. Like, you know, right. I don't think that Tim is like, you know, lying to me like, you know, whatever. I don't want to ask for trouble, but those are the lies that we tell. Just get out of, you know, whatever. If he dumped water on my phone, I would have bitched at him. Right. I ended up bitching at him. Right. Yeah. Justin does that too. Yeah. Um, I still... Oh God, Tim's gonna listen to this and he's gonna be like, you're still thinking about that? Shit. Okay. I'm too lazy to edit this. Obviously. Nice going, Tim. You know what, Tim? If you knock water on my phone, I'd appreciate a heads up so I can dry (laughs) it off. I know. I had to put it in rice. I was super Yeah. Anyway. Um, even so anyway, serial's over and I'm really curious as to what the next, um, crime is going to be. And I hope that they, the turnaround is fast because I hate this, like waiting for a new Okay. So let me, let me tell you something interesting that's, um, ha- that's happening to me right now as a freelancer. So, um, I, uh, have the opportunity to pitch this site that sort of like analyzes true crime writing, which I know that sounds sort of niche but it's really interesting. I should send you a link to the site. Anyway, so, I, you know, I'm talking to the editor of the site, and she's like, oh, send me a pitch, you know, maybe something about serial, because right now it's like a hot topic. And I said, well, how about I talk to people who are involved in crime journalism and, you know, that's sort of reporting and ask them uh, what serial should do to avoid the sophomore slump. See, I think this is a great pitch. I think yeah. this would be really interesting, right? So I have talked to, and I have talked to, like, some decently big names. I mean, you know that I know some people and said, you know, uh, and also like some area fiction writers that have done true crimey stuff. Um, and all of them are like, Oh, you know what? We don't want to touch that because so many people, we don't want to touch it. We don't want to talk about serial either people who appear to be jealous and don't want to give them quote unquote hints or people who don't want to seem like they're, talking shit about it because they feel like there's an opportunity there for them. It's just so, I mean, if we're going to just talk inside media baseball, this has been like such an interesting experience for me. I'm supposed to like give a list of people who will actually give me quotes at the end of the day today. And I'm like, I got no one. I don't know. I don't know why that is. I don't know why that is either. I don't know. Cause I feel like everybody that we know randos would be happy to give them advice, but any of the people who are actually involved in the industry are scared to touch it for whatever reason. Cereal, it's like, it's like giant. Um, okay, well, Beth Spotswood yeah. from Slow News Day, among Zodiac? other publications. Did she have a quote? Thinks that it should be Zodiac. But which, but no, because she's not going to solve it. 
She's not going to solve anything. Besides, Come on, Eve. Because there's no one to talk to. Who would you talk to now? Uh, oh my god, hi, the killer. All the people involved. <laughs> no, but there's, I mean, just, there's no one around it. I mean, you know, it was like hard enough remembering what happened in 99. Dave Toski's still alive. Mark Ruffalo's character. Who, incidentally, here's my Zodiac obsession. Like okay. the, the multi-layered Zodiac obsession. My grandfather was a San Francisco police officer. His partner in the 50s was Dave Toski, the guy that Mark Ruffalo played in Zodiac, the one of the lead um, inspectors on the Zodiac case. Dave Tosky is, and, like, I also am a freelancer at the San Francisco Chronicle, where the Zodiac sent letters. I feel very connected to this case. And I'm from the Bay Area originally. Zodiac is a Bay Area, mostly murderer. Um, so, Zodiac is not near and dear to my heart. It's, like, the wrong way of putting it. But, anyway, Dave Tosky, in my understanding, is still alive mm-hmm. and working... I think I know where he's working, but I won't say it on here because I don't know if it's true or not. Um, he's still working? All cops need to keep working after they retire so that they don't... But, I mean, he's he's up there, right? I mean, he's if he was my grandpa's be, partner... He's, yes. he's got to be what? In his... 90s. Yeah. Well, good for him. Good for him. Tell me where he's working after this is over. Okay. <laughs> um, I want to go. <laughs> I know, me too. I kind of want to go and be like, I'm Bob Slotson's granddaughter. Um, but I remember watching Zodiac with my dad in the theater and my dad was like, oh my God, I know him. Oh. I was like, really? He was like, yeah, he was at the house all the time. Like they were partners. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Zodiac would be my choice, but I know I'm not a seasoned crime reporter, mm-hmm. but I would say like some big famous crime like that. Jean Benet. Jean Benet. That, I mean, that is, but the thing is, it's like, okay, so it's an audio thing. You need to talk to people. You need to, you know, you need all of that. Patsy's dead. That's true. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, they've done so well. I mean, I, I'm one of the draws is that like everyone got sucked into this case that they had never heard of before. Yeah. And that was, and it's interesting how now everyone's sort of like a minor expert on like these little things, just like during the OJ trial, how everyone became like an expert on DNA and stuff, you know? Yeah. And now we're an expert on whether or not their pay phones at Best Buy in Baltimore. I definitely feel like I know a little more about why cell phone, uh, evidence is not, as good as they said it was. I absorbed more about that from Serial than I did from that Washington Post article exposing all that from a couple of years ago. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, okay, and finally, because I feel like we should wrap it up. Oh, God, yes. Um, uh, what TV show should we recap next? I've started doing Little Women Season 2. I, I'm open to doing... I feel like people have said do Downton Abbey, which is a show I love, 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 love. But Vulture has an amazing Downton yeah. Abbey recap, and it's, like, there's no way I could read that instead. It's so good. Um, and, and fiction's different, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's more fun for us to do reality TV. Okay, so Eve and I were talking about it, and several people brought it up in the comments, of recapping My Husband is, Isn't Gay, or whatever that's called. But we're also, like, worried about being offensive. We don't want to be offensive, not to... Some of our best friends are gay or bisexual, and we don't want to be, yeah, I know, some of our best, I mean, I was saying some of our best friends sort of like, you know, like people say some of our best friends are, but you know, most of our friends are, you know, are gay or bisexual, and we certainly have had intense relationships with closeted gay men at various times in our lives, at least I have, I don't know about you, Beth, but I certainly have, and I think that we can both say that we probably know closeted gay men now. 
You know? Yes. I know, I know, I can think of a couple that, I mean, I don't know, that's, that's like so arrogant to say. He's closeted. I know his orientation better than he does. But, I mean, I feel like I do. And, I don't know if I do. But and so I'm like sort of scared of that as a topic. I'm more scared of this as a topic because Glad has come out and said this show is really offensive and it shouldn't be on the air. And I tend to, I think I respect the organization of Glad. As do I. I. You know, do not want to offend anyone. At the same time, I think that. But I also Should think, we watch the show and see how bad it really I mean, is? I mean, murder is terrible, but I cover it. So right, like, maybe should we cover the show? But, I mean, if we can cover it in a humorous way that is critical of the premise, if the premise is indeed problematic, it is unclear to me if, the, if Glad has watched screeners or what. You know, like, if they've actually consumed Seen any the of the episodes, or if this is a Passion of Christ thing. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm very curious to watch it. I'm just, we're wondering if you guys want us to review it and would you be offended? I doubt that Yeah, or would you be offended or would you, I mean, is there, do you feel like there's a way that we can do it, you guys know us, where we can do it without seeming like jerks? Yeah, we're particularly sensitive to LGBTQ We're way more issues. concerned about, like, gay issues than, like, Cassius hair issues. Right. Yeah. Um, but we're open to suggestions. Yes. If there's another show that you think we would do great at, especially, I mean, we prefer things, I think, that don't have, like, a massive, you know, we don't want to recap, you know, Friends, Friends, Dallas, something like that, that has, you know, a lot of people out there. We'd like to talk about something where we can bring some unique insight. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think that's pretty much it. Thank you so much, Beth, for the podcast. Thank you, Eve. And your nails look great. Your nails look great, too. Thank you. I'm glad I finally got my pants down. Yeah. Um, then my pants were like stuck up on my calves for a long time. It was super embarrassing. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you again for sending those nice emails. It, I mean, it really means so much to us. So we really appreciate it. We do. And now I'm going to try to remember how to play our outro and we're going to play it. Take care. Bye. Day. <laughs>